Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, everyone. It's Allie Valentin here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy. Well, hello, everybody. Good to see How's everybody. it going? How's everybody doing? Where's everyone tuning in from? It's been a minute since we've had everyone tell us where they're tuning in yeah. from. You weren't here last week, right? Did I do it last week? I think I did it by myself. On. Did you? Oh yeah, baby. These guys, I've made some big, big, you know, progress. Oh my gosh, you guys. How yep. was that? I don't know. You I, did it all on your own. I did it by myself. Wow. Wow. Okay, well. I did it my way. Do it your way. Yeah, like Frank's, Frank Sinatra song. Yes, we love mm-hmm. Frank. Yeah. Well, I see all these people tuning in from the UK, from Canada, Oregon, Germany. Wow, so good. Australia. Do you know that I was looking at statistics uh, this week on Facebook, I believe it was on Facebook or Instagram, and we have almost as many people from the city of Nigeria, mm. from Nigeria, I mean the city of state the, of Nigeria, as we have from Reading. Really? Yeah. That's why. Crazy. That is crazy. It was like 0.8% and 0.9% ready. Oh my gosh. If you're from mm-hmm. Nigeria, give us a wave. Yeah, please. That's crazy. That huh? is wild. We miss you. I want to go to Nigeria. That yeah, we'll send up. you one. One-way trip. <laughs> one-way? He's done with me, you guys. That's why I'm out of here. Oh, Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to miss you so much. <laughs> We're going to jump into live Q&A. You're going to miss me. I am. I'm You're gonna look at this. These Honestly, and be like, oh, the, I wish I never left. The worst part is leaving these live Q and A's. Uh, no, that's it right there. You guys, I'm gonna miss you all. Well, every working week. for me too. You know that's exactly. Pretty, that brings tears to your eyes. It does. I've I've shed a few. <laughs> don't don't say it. I've shed a few. Don't say it. Okay, you guys. On a real note. On a real note. If you have questions while we're live today. You can put them in the comment box mm-hmm. and we will do our best to answer them. We'll be on it. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready to jump into questions? Like, like, I don't know. Like a flea on a dog. Okay. We'll be on it. We'll see about it. We'll mm-hmm. see. I've not heard that saying before, so I can only imagine. Yes, please don't. Um, first question of the day. What does it mean to be an apostolic church? Every church is technically led by the apostles, correct? Whether they know it or not. Wow. <laughs> What's the next question? <laughs> Way to start the day. Minute, I know. Five minutes now. Let's tell them honestly what was happening right before we started this live. You were sleeping on this couch. <laughs> well, they were getting the cameras ready. <laughs> hey, you know what? Old men dream dreams. Yes. Um, okay, so do I think that all churches are led by, by an apostle or are apostolic churches? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think that he gave some of his apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Mm-hmm. To equip the saints. So first of all, I think that in order to be a part of an apostolic church, either um, locally or translocally, you, there has to be an apostle involved somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't care about the title apostle. You know, we're not into titles. We don't call each other Apostles. apostle and prophet here at all. Yeah. But I mean, the apostolic mantle has to be on them. Then what's what? What does the apostle do? I think the apostle has a mission that people come in submission to and they get commissioned. Mm-hmm. I think the apostle is specifically has cultural uh, impact in that they, they are cultural transformers. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about this many times already, but the word apostle means sent one. 
the Greeks invented the word the rush of Russians. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> the Romans okay. picked up the word because <laughs> they were conquering but not culturizing. And you know, when you're in Rome, do as Romans do. So they picked up this Greek idea of apostles. They named some of their generals apostles. And then when they sent the, the apostle generals out with their, of course, with their military, but also with their philosophers, their teachers, their artists, their musicians, and you get the idea so that they would conquer and culturize so that when they're in Rome, so the cities that they're conquering would actually be feel like Roman cities. Yeah. And then Jesus obviously calls his disciples, meaning learners, mm -hmm. he promotes them to leaders, he calls them apostles. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the goal is obviously that they're taking, um, they're being sent out to extend the borders of the kingdom and to, yeah. if you will, not religion, not bringing religion to cities and states and nations, but bringing the culture of the kingdom. Yep. And, uh, so I'd say, no, I would, I would say you, you need, least need to be, I'm not sure I'm going to speak English here. I'm moving in tongues real quickly. You need to at least be uh, connected to a, an apostle to have an apostolic ministry. Yeah. Great. You sum that up real nice. I did. <laughs> Try to do it quickly in my spiderweb brain. I love it. Someone in the comments just asked a question. They asked, how do you deal with someone using black magic on you? That's such an interesting question. Well, uh, honestly, I don't care what color the magic is. Like, like people are cursing us all the time. Mm -hmm. The question is, you know, a curse without a cause doesn't alight. Yeah. And w weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down strongholds. And we have yeah. the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. You know, we are fully invested in the armor of God, the helm of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the uh, shoes of uh, peace, the mm -hmm. sword of the spirit, the, you know, the breastplate of uh, uh, the shield of faith. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not afraid of any witch. They should be afraid of me because they've been disarmed and defeated. Right. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. So they have some power, but they have no authority. You have authority and power. Yeah. So the devil loves to make himself look big. I'm black magic this, and I'm a, you know, a, a fifth generation warlock this, and I'm a yeah. certain level, de you know, demonize this. And I'm like, listen, your buddy, your, your leader, your boss, Mm -hmm. was defeated on the cross Colossians chapter 1 yep so you have no power over me it's good it's a good reminder. and the power we they have over us is when we get afraid of them because faith mm -hmm. because fear is faith in the wrong God so yep. I don't want to be afraid of them yeah that's so good totally so good I love it um we have a lot of questions about <laughs> five-fold ministry okay. type questions today but Somebody asks, can someone transition from one office of ministry to another? Example, from a pastor to a prophet, a prophet to a pastor. You get the idea. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, in my opinion, you know, first of all, there those, it's not like, well, the apostle's at the top, and if you're the pastor, you're at the bottom, and then you kind of climb this ladder of dominance or, or you know, and, and I would say, you know, there is none of that in, this, in, the, in the Bible. Yeah. So, uh, and I do believe that, you're called to a certain office. Mm -hmm. it, it, not everybody's called to fivefold ministry, of course. Most of us just called to be saints. But yeah. if we are called, you know, we're called by God to a certain office, and it's not something I do as much as it's something I am. Yeah. So the question is, you know, can I be a pastor and a teacher? I, I think you know James Gall points out that some some of the early uh, leaders were called pastors, teachers. 
Some of them were called, uh, you know, uh, teachers and prophets. And he would, his, uh, his thought is that you could be more than one of those, uh, you know, one of, more than one of the fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, would, I would, I think differently than that. I think that you have a call on your life that is, you know, is your identity and you can do other things. Like you get, you get grace from the fivefold ministry to, to teach, Yeah. you know, if you're a prophet to, to, uh, be a cultural transformer, if you're, if you're a prophet and, and you're related to an apostle, to you know, be able to you know lead this uh, the lost uh, like an evangelist, even though you're mm-hmm. not an evangelist. So the goal is that you could do the work of service, no matter what your office call is. Yeah. But whatever, I wouldn't have an argument with somebody who thinks differently than that. That's great. I love I, it. I'd let them be wrong. Yeah. Somebody's asked, how do I balance time in the secret place and corporate time with Jesus and other believers? Well, I think that. First of all, I think there are a lot of people watching, like moms that have little kids, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like they just feel continually guilty because they don't have large amounts of time to spend with the Lord. Right. And I'm like, the Lord said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So I call it practicing the presence in that yes. I may not get, you know, an hour every day to lay before the Lord and pour out my supplications and, you know, have prophetic insight, but great. I can. I can connect, stay connected all day long. So good. And I think that I think that's the key that we're actually the presence of God is with us all the time. So good. And I think that you know if God's called you to a season of children or you know um, a, a specific kind of thing that takes up large chunks of time, I think that you just we just work just in perseverance to stay connected all day long. Mm-hmm. And ask ourselves, what is the Lord doing? Do you have a different answer? I'm dominating all the conversation. No, I love I'm practicing that. for you being gone, oh, I think. Oh, that's what's happening. Oh, not on purpose. Sorry. Oh, sorry, you guys. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I would say, honestly, really similarly, the same type of thing. I think there's... I think there's seasons that it's just how life is where you don't have where your secret place ebbs and flows and it looks different. And if you have a mindset that the Lord can only meet you in that specific time, that is going to be dangerous because that then we're just limiting him to a box of what, how he can meet us in our day and how we can experience him and how we can build connection with him. When the reality is like you're saying, it's more practicing the presence throughout the day. It's be, it's being connected to him throughout our throughout our day it's when we're washing the dishes that's actually worship to the lord and how do we actually lean into that versus becoming oh so just defeated and discouraged by the fact that we don't have the same level of time to sit in our prayer closet anymore or to set aside this beautiful you know secluded secret place with the lord every morning when the reality is life right like life is is real and just like that with your spouses too right mm -hmm. you start having children and there's you know, there's less of this intimate time. Yeah. And you don't, you don't, you're not like, oh, my life is out of balance because, you know, I haven't sat with my husband for hours and talked about the future. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is just the time, season in life, and, and God gives us grace for every season. So, so good. Totally. It's great. Um, okay, I love this question. A lot of people ask this question. Ask, what are the best next steps to take after multiple similar prophetic words have been spoken over you? Um, look for action points. Dano McCollum does the most fantastic job on explaining it. Yeah, it's ex- simulating like 
prophetic ministry. Like, what do you do now? Mm. I think he has a manual out called, it's something to do with war. I forget. Daniel McCollum. Um, look him up. Like, just Google it. Look, uh, Google uh, Daniel, Mc, Daniel, Daniel McCollum's books. Uh, because he's got a book that he lays out a whole pattern of what do you actually do to process your prophetic words. Yeah. But a couple of things that I, that I think and I remember even from his teaching is look for common threads mm -hmm. and then also look for, um, look for action points in the word. Like if you do this, I'll do that kind of thing. Yeah. And then even if there's not action words, look for places of preparation. For example, if the Lord says, you're going to be a doctor. Well, you probably need to go to university. You know, get mm -hmm. get prepared. Probably need to do something. Yeah, you're going to do something. You know, yeah. so I'd say prepare for your promised land. Like, don't sit and do nothing. Yeah. Just don't sit and do nothing. Yeah. Uh, if God's called you to be a prophet to government, and you know, learn about government. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't you can't invite yourself, but you certainly can um, learn the pro protocols of government, like Daniel did in Daniel one. We had to learn the literature, the the history, and the government of um, of Babylon, so that he could serve the king. Yeah. The language also. I forgot about the language. So I think those things are important to do. I'll say there should be action points. James says faith without action is like a body without no spirit. Yeah. So I think that you have to ask the Lord for wisdom for action points and how do I actually, you know, move in risk, move in faith and prepare myself for the promise for the promises i think that's a good point so what do you good. think so good is there anything you want to say um i feel like something that just came to mind when you were talking too is is actually the faith piece like having faith for that prophetic word yeah. actually requires that action step and so if you receive that prophetic word and you think oh my gosh how in the world would that <laughs> exactly. ever be so many times it's like that huh? right they just feel like the most so big outlandish words yeah. or how is this even possible well if you don't have faith for it i mean good luck actually seeing it to come to fruition, right? Yeah. How are you going to posture yourself to actually be able to receive that from the Lord? And we, you always, you have that saying, uh, well, I'm going to butcher it, but basically how much value you have for something. Yeah. Yeah. The value placed on the word determines the power you receive from the word. Yeah. So it's that, that you, there is action, like take some sort of action, mm -hmm. do something to show the Lord that you're faithful to this word. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So good. That's good. It's good. It's good. Um, okay, we today we just have so many questions. But um, somebody has asked, how do I keep a posture of dreaming and hope over our nation when it feels heavy and lacking in hope? Hmm. You know, it doesn't feel lacking or heavy to me. Like, uh, like I, you know, it, maybe it's my age. Like, I'm 68 years old, so. You know, I, I was, uh, I watched the Kennedy assassination when I was eight. Mm -hmm. I watched the kidney assassination, the Ken Kennedy, mm -hmm. kidney. the kidney Kid one. <laughs> Gosh, the We're Kennedy assassination. I watched the Bobby Kennedy assassination. I watched the Martin Luther King assassination. Mm -hmm. I saw, I was there when Richard Nixon's White House situation came crashing down. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was, you know, I think most of us were there for 9-11. Yeah. Seeing that crash and our president trying to navigate, you know, the, the first attack on our own city in, in mm -hmm. you know, decades. And, you know, I could go on and on. The stock market crashed. The, 
the thing that happened in 2008 with the with stock market and the yeah you know interest rates just climbed to the ceiling mm -hmm. um and it just goes on and on and on so yeah. it's like when people are like these are the worst days i'm like that's the only reason you think that is because you we weren't alive in some of the worst times and then mm -hmm. my grandparents told me of the depression yeah. my grandparents told me of the of the, of the two world wars yeah and um you know when you know, i was there during the vietnam war i wasn't in vietnam but when our, our brothers and uncles and cousins and fathers were coming home in body bags by the hundreds, by the yeah. thousands. And so, you know, all of these things are like, this is really, this is really a very prosperous time. Yeah. When history records this time, like the, you know, after COVID and even before COVID, mm -hmm. like they will record one of the most prosperous times in all of history. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, so much of our, our vision is tainted by listening to so much news that has no foundation in reality or has little foundation in anything besides scaring the crap out of you, mm. clickbait, you know, all that. And I think that, yeah, there's lots of hard things going on. We have, you know, uh, Jay and Lauren's uh, mom passing, you know, we're in a grieving season as a family. So, you know, there's, there's those kind of things going on all the time in our different and different ones of lives. And of course, so we're mourning with those who mourn, but we're also rejoicing with those who rejoice mm -hmm. and life cycles. And someone asked uh, today in the leaders meeting I was in, you know, do you think that we're, that we're heading for a crash? And I'm like, well, crashes are always uh, predicated by misuse abundance. So famine follows misuse abundance. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the days of Joseph, which I preached a couple of weeks ago, the beautiful thing is Joseph predicted seven wonderful, amazing years. Yeah. And then seven years that would be really, really critically bad. Yeah. And he just simply said, let's take 20% and, and let's stash it away and mm -hmm. then let's sell it back to people. Yeah. And, you know, not only did he save Egypt, but he set Egypt up for the next 50 years to be so prosperous because they fed the world. And the way they did that is they managed their, they stewarded their abundance well. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that to understand, a lot of times we don't steward our abundance well because we don't know that, we don't actually believe we're going to see this in abundance. Yeah. So then when, you know, the economy turns down a little bit or whatever, then, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. And it's kind of falling for us because we are so deep in debt, in credit card debt and living off of tomorrow's you know, uh, e economy and then the yeah. economy dips. And can you imagine when we were an agricultural economy globally? Hmm. I mean, if, if you had any kind of weather change that negatively affected the crops, you yeah. were in big trouble. Right. And yet now, you know, we're accessing cr crops and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and food from so many different places. So yeah. if one country's having a crisis, you know, we're getting it from another country and we have a, a global economy, we have a global agricultural uh, you know, economy. And I don't think people understand how powerful that is with the least amount of people starving ever, yeah. ever in the history of the, uh, since we've been keeping any statistics. So, you know, these are for most people, and there are many exceptions, there are many exceptions, but for most people, these are the good old days. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> encouraging, right? Yeah. Encouraging. Unless you're thinking it's like, these are terrible days and it's going to get better. I'm like, 
these are actually wonderful days. Well, then it's like, well, where's your hope lying in? Is your hope lying in the government or is your hope yeah. lying in the one that's over the government, you know, that's over the leaders, that's positioned these leaders in these places. And so well, there are, reassessing, like, there are where some, is my hope? There are some people that are convinced that without a certain person in office, you know, political office as president or as governor, as, you know, mayor or whatever, that, you know, the, there's no hope. Yeah. And I'm like, my hope isn't in, you know, uh, uh, who our president is or right. who our governor is. I, I do vote because I feel like I have a responsibility, but yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have hope in who the president is. I have hope in who exactly. the Lord is to, to us. Exactly. It's good. It's really good. Okay, we have time for one more question. Man, I know. It flies by every time. So fast, so fast. Okay, someone's asked, what did Jesus mean when he said, when you bind on earth, it is bound in heaven? Well, or actually, said, bound on earth, right? Actually, what he said is, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. What does that mean? It that means mean? that heaven's directing our, our, heaven is directing our decrees. And basically, when we line up with heaven's decrees, for example, you know, when Jesus said, I only see, I only do what I see my, I only do what I see my father doing. I only speak what I hear my father saying. Mm -hmm. So in other words, those decrees are coming from heaven, like heal that person, like uh, forgive that, forgive that man, mm -hmm. um, you know, give to that person. Mm -hmm. When I come into agreement with heaven, I am, I am, I am binding, I am. I, I am agreeing. I am building a a two, a two quarter, three quarter yeah. strand, and the the power of the kingdom comes in agreement with heaven, and, uh, and acts in, on earth, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I I think that's so. I think it's saying what the Father's saying, doing what the Father's doing, being what the Father's being, loving who the Father's loving. Yeah. And I think that that creates this this three chord connection. Mm -hmm. You know, me, you, and the Lord, right? Yeah. So that's what I think. Do you have a different answer? Beautiful. No, I don't. I think that's perfectly said. <laughs> you want to pray for this? I do. Yeah. Lord, thanks for Ellie's service to us and mm -hmm. the way she served so faithfully all these years. I pray for her and Elijah to have just yeah. incredible blessing for her to go from faith to faith and glory to glory, for her to step into the new thing that you have called her to. Lord, she sees you doing something new and fresh in her life mm -hmm. and Elijah's life. And I pray that her dreams would come true and mm -hmm. people would benefit from her taking the next step in her life. It's a place of, of, of joyful risk. Mm -hmm. And I pray, God, for people who are watching us that they would be so blessed, mm -hmm. that you would break the victim mindset, that you take away fear that so drives and manipulates people and, and mm. causes them to be less than they are. Yeah. And Lord, I pray that they would catch on to faith and they would they would hold on to hope. And for people that are really going through hard circumstances like our mm -hmm. our family, Lord, I pray that you would infuse us and them with incredible hope and peace that mm -hmm. that's beyond the circumstances mm -hmm. and that peace would guide them and us through the storms of life and into a place of refreshing. God, we yeah. pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you later. Bye. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.